Good day to you, and thank you for listening to another podcast by me, DJ, with Dacosaurus. This would make, I think, the ninth audio cast. Yes, I had to look it up real quick. Ninth podcast. And this podcast is about my journey selling on eBay. And I've been an eBay reseller for several years, and I'm trying to go full-time and so this is a documentary about how I'm trying to go from a part-time eBay seller to a full-time eBay career now I go to thrift stores garage sales and other online marketplaces to try to find items to resell on eBay for a profit and so hopefully you are listening to this as you source or list or maybe you're just new and you want to uh, learn more about what this eBay thing is all about. Uh, in either case, I thank you for joining me as I share my journey. And in, in no way am I trying to make this a polished podcast. Um, I might do some things in the in the future to, I don't know, spice it up a little bit, but um, it is what it is. And um, I wanted to make a quick note real quick that I record the segments during the week. So th this podcast isn't just like uh, straight rolled out. I record little segments during the week as uh, thoughts come. And I record the introduction kind of at the end of everything. And then I noticed, though, as I was listening to some of the recordings, that there seems to be some um, differences in some of the numbers. Uh, for example, in one segment, uh, I think during my rant, I say I have two returns. Well, that was earlier on in the week. Now it's three returns. And, and there may be little differences in, in numbers. And, and that's just because I record on different days. Uh, sometimes I have a thought about wanting to do something. And then that thought changes later in the week. Uh, for example, I was thinking about uh, doing the free returns and going for top rated seller plus but now I'm kind of reconsidering that because I'm not top rated seller right now and I'm doing okay and so I'm kind of back and forth on some things so when you hear that in in the audio just know that I'm just sharing kind of what's on my thoughts when I record and that's how I like to doing like doing the podcast Anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast, and here we go. Okay, so it does look like I'm going to have a new employee uh, joining us, joining the team this weekend. And, of course, there'll be uh, contract labor to begin with. And then um, I have a special project for her. Uh, what I'm going to ask her to do is cross-list my items from eBay to Poshmark. And I haven't decided quite yet how much I'll pay for each item, but you know that's a continual job in itself. She'll also be trained on listing as well. Um, and so um, this is a little bit more promising because it's a friend of my brother and uh, just to be clear my brother is my employee but I but in, for purposes of business um, I, I tried to think of him as my employee uh, we have a great relationship outside eBay and so but for purposes of the business I want to you know <clears throat> keep him you know we, we can separate personal and, and business stuff but she is a a friend of his, so it's more likely, I guess, that she would work out. We'll see. Um, it's I think she'll give a female perspective on what we're doing, and and hopefully has some sense on what sells on eBay from the women's clothing because I, I don't do much women's clothing right now. I, I mostly focus on men's clothing. 
And so we'll see how that goes. But she's going to be doing cross-listing from eBay to Poshmark. And, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so I went and saw a movie this week. As I said last week, I invested into a movie pass um, card. And they've definitely lost money with me. Uh, some of my routine is... You know, after I go out thrifting, and I'm usually done around noontime, I take a little break for an hour or two and go watch a movie. And then after the movie, I'm ready for my evening work, which is mainly my other job, doing DoorDash. And so I went and saw a movie. I went and saw Deadpool 2. And I'm not going to spoil anything um, on... Uh, this podcast but it is hilarious uh, if you haven't seen Deadpool if you haven't seen the first one the first one is witty and funny and this also meets that expectation witty funny uh, be warned that you know some of the innuendo and uh, jokes are crude but it is uh, it is funny I think it's a funny character for a superhero and I especially like Deadpool because he, Deadpool, is from my uh, city where I sold eBay in Canada. And so if you know what that city is, what city uh, Deadpool is from, then you will know where I had my eBay business when I first started. So uh, Deadpool... Two, highly recommend it. Uh, hilarious. If you want a good laugh, by far the funniest movie I've seen this year. Okay, so here are my sales for the week. I had $1,493 for revenue. Uh, that's all the money coming in, including shipping. Out of that, I made $862 profit. I had... 38 items sell and that's up maybe one or two from last week I, I think that it should be noted that uh, I kind of went back to when I started keeping records about um, I don't know, was it nine ten weeks ago that I sold 27 items that first week and so sales are up uh, pretty consistently about 10 items from that first week. I say it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about eight weeks ago. In my other job, I made $291.68. And so my total weekly income was $1,153.68. I did my hourly wage rating. And what I do is I take my weekly income, uh, that's profit plus my other job, and I divide by 40 to kind of give me an idea of what it would look like as a 40-hour work week. And it came out to $28.84. So a $28 an hour job is not too bad. The bummer about this week was it really didn't feel like that much because I had to make a $371.22 payment to eBay for... You know all the fees eBay fees and you know that's something that as a reseller you just kind of have to get your mind prepared for because you're gonna have these chunks once a month come out of your PayPal account and so so really my income looks like seven hundred and eighty two dollars and forty six cents for the week and so seeing that big chunk come out at one time really, you know, it feels not so good. And so, you know, it kind of asks the question, why not just take the fee out of every sale that you make? You know, like, um, you know, they take PayPal fees out and they, they take, um, you know, the sh you have to take shipping out right away. Why not just take the eBay fee right out from when you sell the, sell the item? instead of accumulating it into this big monthly payment. Um, not sure there's a way to do that. 
Um, but you know, that's part of the business and um, I'm happy with those numbers. Now the week started, I mean, it, it felt slow and uh, looking back at the numbers, it, it really wasn't that slow. I mean, I, I made, I think on Monday, like $119 in um, sales, but um, which is lower than the, you know, it looked like it was averaging about $200 a day. And so it, it felt slow. And, but the first week, if I went back to the first month, I started trying to become professional eBay seller. When I first started the podcast, that number would have been okay. But, you know, with the expected growth, it, it felt slow. And so I, I said in the podcast last week that I got my first Vero uh, violation. And I thought that might be affecting things a little bit. And maybe it did a little bit. Uh, it, it seemed like sales uh, were going pretty good. And then, uh, then it seemed like it felt like it dropped off. But, but you know, I guess looking back, um, sales weren't really that bad. You know, I think sometimes we feel like um, things are not as good as they really are. And so I think looking at numbers is important because it helps keep a, a proper perspective because sometimes we, we just feel like, you know, our store is in a slump. Sometimes that might be connected to our emotions. Um, but looking back, I mean, it really wasn't a bad week. So maybe the Vero uh, violation didn't really affect much. Um, my eBay uh, lister did absolutely great this past week. We were up to almost oh, cool. We were up to almost four hundred and fifty items. Um, but because sales were so good last night, that dropped down to 430. Uh, yesterday was which yesterday was the last day of my reporting for the week. Uh, it was a Sunday, and had an outstanding day. I mean, and so it caught up. It you know it eBay seemed to to. Um, Kind of catch up a little bit yesterday. Uh, I think yesterday, uh, when I look at the numbers, it shows three hundred eighty-three dollars in sales, which was um, the highest for the week. And you know, I, I, the low day for the week was one hundred thirteen dollars and seventy-four no, one hundred fourteen dollars and sixty cents on Monday. So, I mean, it was my lowest week, you know, the day before it was 133, that was last Sunday. And the day before that was 113. So I had, I had three days of $120-ish uh, worth of sales every day. And then on Tuesday, I had a $358 sale. Now, that was a day, that day also felt really slow. Um, it was actually like, you know, I only sold like $50 until nighttime and then I sold a $300 item. And so, um, but once that sold, the next day I had $331 and, um, you know, that's kind of the day I had to, I think it was on Tuesday, I had to pay the eBay payment. And then, um, yeah, sales were pretty good after that. And so maybe the Vero violation didn't affect me and it was just... A decline in sales for the week um, but I think overall then the numbers are good so some items that sold for the week um, sold the Southern Tide polo uh, with the little skip jack logo on it and uh, that sold for $15 um, a lot of these are kind of my bread and butter items like um, shirts and and uh, shoes uh, Tony Bahama Hawaiian shirt 
for it's a double XL sold for $25 um, don't pick up a whole lot of these now it's got to have some type of floral print or some type of embroidery on it for me to pick it up uh, there was uh, I sold an Alegria uh, pair of shoes that I sold for $31 Let's see what else sold. Uh, a pair of Ralph Lauren golf shorts for $24.99. Went out of the country. A nice Robert Graham for about $45. And, um, you know, those I think have come down in price. There's still some that sell for a lot of money. Sold a tennis racket for $40. Usually pick those up for $2 or $3. Uh, let's see. I sold a spy, men's spider lungs uh, like a, a, a ski jacket for snowboarding and that sold for $50 I had it listed for about 80 or 90 but one of the things that occurs when you have lots of listings is that you can accept lower lower offers um, you know I just felt like taking it because I wanted to get it out um, I'm making money on it I only paid like four or five dollars for this jacket and um, you know, and it's been probably like a month since I had this um, item in my inventory. Um, sold lots of shirts uh, for around between fifteen to twenty-five dollars. Um, several unpaid items. I sold a pair of Dr. Andrew Whale um, Ortho Heel Mary Jane shoes. Those sold for thirty-eight dollars. Uh, a big sell was a Sony Sports Boombox type of radio. It's all yellow. Um, it's a CFS 905 radio tape player. That sold for $70. I think I picked it out for maybe $10. Then that came down with me from Canada. Um, sold a pair of uh, Peril Izumi uh, cycling shoes for $22. These were on the lower end, all Velcro. Um, there is a a Doom NES game that sold. Now, with, with this Doom NES game, I, it's one of my um, it's my Lister's item, so he's going to get a majority of the profit for that. And the big sale for the week was the Adobe Creative Suite. Photoshop and Design Illustrator software and that sold for $320 this is an item that was in a Goodwill it was right on the shelf and I don't know why people were just passing it up and when I looked at the comps I saw it was $320 I paid $6 for it at a Goodwill and the the question behind this is did the serial number still work? I did. I don't know anything about this. I don't know how to to look that up to figure out if the software is still good. Um, I marked this item no returns. Um, I in the item condition, um, I said item is pre-owned but includes all components and there's pictures of you know all the discs that come with it. These are CD discs. Had three CD discs in it. And so this is an Adobe Creative Suite 5, and I, I said it has the serial numbers, and I put, I do not know what needs to be done to register software, see pictures. And so, you know, that's up to the buyer to figure out. It's clearly marked no return, so I, you know, I know they can probably still push a return somehow or stop payment on PayPal, but um, hopefully that doesn't happen. And so that's just a little taste of some of the the, the sales for this week. Um, I also sold an iOmega Zip 250 a zip drive. Look these zip drives up if you come across them. You usually find them pretty cheap. Um, this one sold for $30, and I bought that for $10. So you made a little profit off it. Um, but you know, overall, I mean, the week turned out pretty good. Okay. My rant today is about returns. Everybody dislikes 
hates getting a return. So if you are new to eBay or you're thinking about jumping into uh, selling platforms like eBay and Poshmark or even Amazon, let me give you a heads up now. If you're a longtime seller and you've been selling for some time, then you've probably already gotten those returns. So let me give you my two cents about this whole return deal. Expect returns. And I know that there are many that choose to do no returns. But I personally don't think that's the best policy. In the next month, eBay is going to require that you accept free returns in order to get top rated seller. Now that might be top rated seller plus, but it's going to be a requirement. And I talked previously that I, uh, for uh, reasons out of my control, cannot be top rated seller uh, this month, uh, mainly because you have to have tracking on your um, eBay uh, shipments. And since I was in Canada, they didn't require that on shipments. You didn't have to have tracking on shipments. And so I was top rated seller in Canada. But now that I've come to the United States, I require that. But they don't see that I was a Canadian seller. So they all, all they see is I didn't have tracking. So I'm not a top rated seller. But my seller dashboard says that in June, I should become top rated seller again. And I want to be top rated seller plus. And let me just say that here's the, the thinking behind returns that, that I have. And it's part of what we have to have mentally when we're trying to build an eBay business. And so the thought is that right now, when you're small, if you have the desire to grow your business bigger, you need to set up your business for growth. You need to set up your business for multiplication. What do I mean by that? So the, the main concept uh, is that you need to do now while small, what you will need to do when you are bigger. You need to do now while you are small, a small business doing maybe a few sales, you need to be doing now what you will need to do when your business grows. And I'll try to relate this back to returns in a moment. So my suggestion for all new eBayers or all people who desire to get into eBay is to give it a try, to give it a shot, to test the waters, to see if this is going to be something you like. And the reason why I suggest that is because if you don't like it after listing 10 items, then you're probably not going to like it when you're trying to list 20 or 30 items a day. When you have inventories of 500 to, to 1,000 plus the item, amount of items you have to ship. This is why I say that you have to love eBay. And by testing the waters, by giving it a try, by selling things around the house, by you know listing 10 items to see how it goes, you, you will know whether this is something that you want to sustain into a business. If you don't love selling on eBay, and let me just say that when I, I'm, eBay's my main platform, so this goes for Poshmark, Amazon, Etsy, other platforms as well. If you don't like selling, 
listing, spending the time doing it, then you're probably not going to like it when your business gets bigger. So you, you can see that you want to do and think when you're small with the mind frame that one day you're going to get bigger. I mean, think about your setup for eBay or for whatever platform you're on. Think about, is, is this setup going to sustain me when I have a bigger inventory? For example, if you are in a small place and, and you only have room for 100 to 200 items, like storage-wise for your inventory, then we need to be thinking ahead of what is it going to look like when I have 500 items, 1,000 items. See, right now, um, my inventory is getting a little bit full. I still have room here and where I live. But at some point, I'm, I'm going to need to think about a warehouse. It's already, the, the idea of it's already floating in my head. I'm thinking about how much is that going to cost? Where would I have it? Think about your listings. When I had 50 to 100 items I was selling, you know, listed, listed active inventory, I didn't need to have much of an inventory system. But I quickly realized that if I wanted to grow, then I'm going to need to get organized. It was easy for me to keep up with a few items on a shelf, hanging up in a closet. But at the inventory level I have now, there's no way that would work. My closet got full of clothes, men's clothes, men's shirts, blazers. So I had to come up with a system early on that would sustain me through growth. So that's when I implemented a tote system. That's when I started folding my shirts and, and other clothes, jeans and, and blazers and clear wrapped them and sealed them and put them in totes. It saved room, having the items already folded. It made shipping a little bit easier. All I had to do was take the plastic wrapped shirt, stick it in a poly mailer and weigh it and ship it. Whereas before I would have to pull the shirt out of the closet, fold it, uh, plastic wrap it, put it in the poly mailer, weigh it, and then ship it. And let me tell you that last night, it took me two hours to ship my items. And if I had to fold clothes last night, it would have drove me crazy. And so we need to be preparing ourselves for growth. No matter what size you are. Now, if you're happy and you're okay with the size you are, fine. You know, again, my two cents. But if you desire to grow your business, you need to prepare ahead of time. For example, another example, how many items can you list an hour? Right now, thank God, I'm having a lot of sales. And one employee is doing really well, but we're kind of reaching like a, a place where we can't list enough to keep up with sales. And again, that changes day to day, but that wasn't the case yesterday. That is a good problem to have. So, Maybe I need to look at getting another employee for growth. 
Well, that's not the big problem. The big problem that I'm running into is sourcing. We're kind of making ends meet now. I find roughly 10 to 15 items a day, and that's how many of my listers listing. And we're selling about that amount. And so I'm having difficulty growing my inventory. At a few days ago, we were at 450 listings. Now we're back down to 420. Now that's now. What's that gonna look like when I get my inventory up to 600, 700, 1,000? What's shipping gonna look like when it takes me two hours now and it's double that, theoretically, double that when my inventory grows? These are things that we need to think out now while we're small in order that the problem doesn't multiply and we're preparing ourselves for growth. Hopefully I communicated the idea I'm trying to get across that we have to prepare ourselves mentally. We have to set structures in place in our business while we're small to help us when we are a bigger company. One more example. In the next week or two, I plan to get another employee. Do I have set in place policies, protection for the business, guidelines for employees like a professional business would? Now, it'll only be two major employees. I have one minor employee. The first go at hiring somebody didn't go well, but it's a likelihood that this one will. So why not prepare now an employee handbook? A tool that you can change and adapt and write your thoughts down and, and adapt a, a, as you grow. Why wait until I have 10, 20 employees before I get something in writing? So you get my point. We have to think bigger than where we are, if you wanna grow. If you don't wanna grow and you wanna stay the same size, then that's fine too. You know, the, Hopefully I'm trying to um, speak my ideas for business growth because my goal is to build a business, one that can sustain me financially. So what, what does this have to do with returns? Let me tell you now, if you are small and returns really hurt you and, and really um, bother you, what are you gonna do when you get two to three returns a week? Maybe even more, maybe five or six returns in a week. Now. It's true, when you're small, one return feels like the worst thing in the world, especially if you're selling big dollar items. It's gonna hurt a little bit. You're gonna feel it. You might even lose some money. When I was a newer eBay seller, returns hurt because in a way it, it felt personal. It felt like the, the buyer was saying I was dishonest or that they didn't like my item. But the truth is, is that it's not personal and returns are part of the eBay game. So we need to expect returns. I think it's for this reason that I try not to sell too many high dollar items that where I had to pay a lot of money to get them. Because if it's damaged and returned, then I'm out that money. Now, of course, it's product loss. So I, I can um, write off the loss of the item. I can write off the return if, it, you know, if the item's damaged. But there's no doubt that that's money out of our pockets. One of the things I would recommend for returns is that, you know, 
Buyers aren't always dishonest when they return things. And so we need to have a positive attitude. We may not like the return. I don't think anyone does. But it doesn't automatically mean the buyer is dishonest. Now, there are absolutely times when the buyers are dishonest and, you know, and we get scammed. But we have to expect that we're going to get returns if you want to sell on eBay. Prepare yourself. This week, I got two returns for shirts. And the thought crossed my mind that, oh, returns used to be so rare. But now that you're growing, the returns are going to be a little more common. If you think returns hurt when you're small, then you're going to be really hurt when you grow your business. Do you see how the idea of multiplication applies here? You need, we need to prepare ourselves mentally now for when we do have growth in our business. Because if returns are painful now, they're going to be even more painful when you get to a week. But let me tell you what happened for me. Returns used to hurt, but after a while, you begin to expect them. I realized that Returns are part of the eBay game. And I was making so much more money than the money I was losing in returns. So much so that I didn't even want to deal with returns, so I just refunded the money. It wasn't worth my time. Sometimes when I buy an item for one or two dollars, it's not worth doing all the return process waiting for the return to come back, get it, and then refund the money, maybe lose money on shipping, restocking the item. It wasn't worth it for me. It wasn't the, worth the three or four dollars that I put into it. So I would just say, keep the item. Now, returns don't hurt me. They don't hurt my business. These two shirts that are coming back uh, for returns, uh, because they didn't fit, they really do not hurt my business. I barely feel it with all the other sales that I make. And that's not to brag. That's just saying that I, I've come to expect that some people will not be happy with their items. And that's okay. The other day, a few weeks ago, I went and purchased a leaf blower from Sears. And it was actually Sears online. And I didn't realize that Sears allows third-party sellers to sell on their site. So I thought I was buying from Sears. I was actually buying from somebody who had a brand new blower to sell. And they were selling on the Sears marketplace, kind of like eBay, kind of like... Um, uh, Amazon. Apparently you can be, um, you can sell your stuff on, on Sears.com. I didn't know that, but I bought this blower and when I got it, it was brand new. I opened the packaging up, put it together, began using it. And it was, it was so bulky. It was heavy. I didn't like it. And on the Sears website, it said that I could return this item within 30 days for any reason. So I took it apart, put it back in the box, taped the box up, and I returned the item. Now, granted, I thought I was giving the return to Sears. It was actually to another company that sold this item on Sears.com. So I, I called the company up and they asked me why I didn't like the item. And I said, I was just unhappy with it. Th there was a big tube on this leaf blower that I thought was the, where the air was gonna come out. But it was 
it was just an, a tube for mulching leaves that stayed on there the whole time. And the actual leaf blower tube was a tiny little tube on the bottom. And it worked fine. I, I just told him I was not satisfied. I was not happy with it. It was too bulky. And so I wanted to return the item and get my money back. Now, as a reseller, I had a few issues with myself here. It was brand new when I received it. When I sent it back, it had been used one time. Is that fair to the company? Does that make me a jerk? I don't know. Maybe it does make me a jerk. I, I don't know. All I know is that I was not happy with it. It did not meet my expectations. And so I returned the item and, and they gave me my money back. But I went back to Sears and I purchased a different blower, one that I could hold in my hands. I bought it from the store instead of online. And I bought an, another yard tool, a weed eater to clean up the yard. Now, what Sears does in these situations, and I, I'm speculating here, I didn't research this, but the employees that are at Sears, when, when you return items, they don't care about the return. They don't feel the loss of money, they're being paid. But what about to Sears as a business? I, I think by looking at their return policy, they're expecting to get some returns. Now, Sears is a huge corporation, so a return is not going to affect them. They probably have a huge department just for re handling returns. And they probably write off the item, they get back the, the money lost on the item, they write it off so that they're not gonna pay taxes on it. If that's the way it works, I have no idea, but this is the way it works for me. And then they probably resell the item in a bulk return lot to someone who then resells it on eBay. That's what I'm guessing. Again, I'm speculating here. This is also the reason, by the way, that even though you might be small, we need to set ourselves up as a business corporately and properly. We need to set ourselves up with, with um, the tax system. So that way, when we get returns, we can write them off. And at the end, we're not gonna pay for that money we lost. If you're a hobby seller, when you get a return, it's not a write-off. When you get a return, just keep good records that you, you had the item returned, take a picture of the damage, if there's any damage, assuming that the item can't be resold. Most of the time when I get a used clothing item back, all I need to do is just repackage it, restock it in my inventory and resell it. If it's sold once, it will sell again. If the item becomes damaged or unusable, then you probably lost the money and I keep a separate spreadsheet of all my returns. These are items that have been returned that I cannot resell. And so I record them in a spreadsheet so I can see the, the loss at the end of the year. And that goes on my taxes somewhere. Returns hurt more when you're small but as you get bigger, you just begin to expect that you're gonna get returns. And so personally, I am a little nervous about this idea of free returns coming up, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Uh, I'm gonna think positively, hope that the eBay buyers are really wanting the items they're trying to buy. I know there's gonna be some out there that won't do free returns, but hopefully that if I do it, maybe my items get ranked higher than theirs. Maybe it'll be an advantage to me. Maybe I'll sell more than them. I don't know. I know that if it's bad enough, sellers are gonna let eBay know. But here, here's what you can do in regards to returns. 
you can slow returns so that it doesn't hurt as much. For example, in all my listings, I have measurements. And two or three times in my listings, I say, please double check measurements before purchase. This makes it so that the buyer is without excuse when the item doesn't fit. Both shirts that came back this week are because the shirts didn't fit. And in my listing, I had two to three times, please double check measurements before purchase. I have it once in the item condition and I have it in my description. Please double check measurements before purchase. I'm sure most buyers don't double check measurements, but I've already warned them. Some used shirts, especially the nicer ones, may have been altered to fit the customer. And so an XL might actually be a large. It might have changed. There might have been alterations. So double check the measurements. This has helped me time and time again keep away from people who say, well, your item said extra large and it fits like a small. Well, in my listing, I have please double check measurements before purchase. That line has helped me. I've called eBay before and disputed a return. This is in the past, disputed a return because they said the item didn't fit. And the eBay agent saw that I had please double check measurements before uh, purchase and it was decided in my favor. And the second suggestion is to list honestly and accurately. I had a Sony tape recorder, um, those micro, set, micro cassette tape recorders. I had one returned to me last week. And I noticed that I had forgot to mention something. I forgot to mention that the battery compartment had previous corrosion in it. I tested the item, I, I cleaned it, tested it, and it worked fine. But when the customer got the item, he said that it didn't work at all and that I didn't even check and see if there was battery corrosion. You know, I had, but I didn't list it that way. Um, I checked it, but my lister didn't know I checked it. And I didn't tell my lister to photograph the battery compartment and, and disclose that there was previous battery corrosion. And so the item wasn't accurately described. So I just returned the money to the buyer. Didn't ask for it back. I paid maybe $3 for the item. I just said, keep the item, throw it away. Here's your money back. I am sorry for your inconvenience. Done with forgotten, doesn't hurt, it was my fault. I didn't even try to dispute it. Now, thank goodness he contacted me to let me know this instead of opening an INAD case, which I know I would have lost. So I, I think that's kind of the end of my rant here. To sum up, expect returns. If it hurts now when you're small, one, it gets better when you're bigger. You have other items to buffer the, the pain of a return, which is a good reason to grow your business. And secondly, returns are part of the game. Even if you have no returns, there are ways they can still return it. There are ways they can still get their money back. Expect returns. It is just part of the business. And the other thought is to set, start setting yourself up now for multiplication and growth. If that's your desire, if you want to grow. Do what you need to do now while you're small so that you're preparing yourself for multiplication later. 
There's been a couple of times I've had to go back and edit my whole inventory, especially when I moved from Canada to the United States. I had to go through every item one by one. That was okay when, when I was at 200 listings, but it would take weeks now. I would probably have to shut down my business until I had changed things in my listings. And so returns are part of the game. Let me know what you think about this. If I'm off base, an aspect of returns is it's, it's a mental game. It's preparing ourselves mentally. If you are selling good items that people want to buy, eBay is going to benefit you way more than the money you're going to lose through returns. At least that's the way it's worked for me. It saddens me to see people get discouraged and even leave eBay because of returns. There's so much more eBay has to offer. I've received more benefit and more money from eBay, selling on eBay, than the money I've lost. It's worth sticking in there if you're selling the right items and if you're being accurate in your listings. Stick with it. Don't let returns discourage you. That's all I have to say about that. Before we wrap it up today, I just want to say a quick thank you to all those who are listening and for those who have left reviews and comments. Um, I appreciate it so much. One person uh, found me on Poshmark and left an encouraging comment. And I hope sharing my journey is a blessing to you. Once again, thank you for joining me and listening. Feel free to leave me a message. My contact information is down in the show notes. Uh, you can feel free to leave me a message or text. My number is 512-539-0116. Or you can email dacasource at gmail.com. D-A-C-A source at gmail.com. I list all the items I sell on my Instagram, which is Dacasource, and it's uh, almost a month and a half behind right now, um, but I try to keep that up. I think there's just going to be a day where I'm just going to need to post a lot of pictures of what I have sold on eBay. Please like and subscribe as I look to grow my social media avenues. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time.